welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. I've heard you both use this term, organizational maturity. Why is it important to understand? <laughs> Ooh, good one. Um, hey, Scott, you want to start that? I'm not sure I'm mature enough, but I can give it a try. That's why I would throw it to you. <laughs> I thought we'll start with the immature one and we'll finish with the yeah. mature. Yeah, the immature person who has taste. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, just like. Right to the no, I mean, like in shoes. I mean, New Balance. Have you seen the? Have you seen the the recent statistics about New Balance is now the in in shoe? You know, I'm glad that you are ahead of the curve in like what's hip. I'm a trend center. Oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) you are are a little too much today, Scott. Just a tinge bit too much. All right, okay, organization. So yeah, organization. Supposed to wear New Balance shoes. Got that. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you think about that term? Because it's a term I use frequently. Yeah, and and I think, you know, I, I think you could take it down two paths. One would be, um, how mature is the organization from a you know, and you could do that a whole spectrum from a success from a, you know, how do they how do they handle their business? How profitable are they? Do their customers love them? I mean, there's a whole, you know, what systems and processes do they have in place? And so I think I suspect that people think of that first when they hear that term. Yeah. yeah I yes, know that's not yeah, what we're that's talking not about. What, yeah. That's not what I, how I use that term, <laughs> but it's interesting because I actually would not have thought about it. Right. Is, is my organization mature? No. Right. Versus how, you know, when I use it, when I'm actually talking about is as an individual, do I understand how this business works? Do I understand why we exist? Do I understand the context with which in we have to make decisions, those types of things? Um, so actually, the other one's a little bit easier to understand, I think, than how yeah. I use it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I almost think of it that organizational maturity. For us, when we talk about it, we're talking about an individual, whether that is a leader, whether that is an individual contributor, any person inside the organization. How well do they understand not their organization's purpose? I'm going to talk about organization and organization. Oh, I love, I love that. Cause, why cause why we, does? Yeah. And why does an organization I, exist? Why do businesses, whether it's profit or not for profit, right? Why why do they exist, and how does that impact how we think about it, how we make decisions, you know, all of those things? Because yeah. honestly, the, the decisions that leaders make inside of an organization are not made in a vacuum, you know, they're made inside of kind of context and understanding. And and before you go there, Scott, because I really want you to go there, but there's one other thing. Sometimes when we say a person is organizationally mature or organizationally immature, people automatically think it has something to do with age. 
It really doesn't. I have seen people who are in their 60s who are not organizationally mature. And I've seen people in their 20s who are. So this has nothing to do with how old you are. It does have to do with your perspective and understanding of why organizations exist. So I love that. So go for it. Yeah. And and so what I think of it, I always think of it's a continuum. <laughs> are, right? Are they super mature or are they super immature? And you know, some of it is when I think of just the early stages of organizational maturity is, well, okay, do I understand the hierarchy? Do I understand who's my leader and what's my role and why does my role matter? And okay, I'm doing these tasks or these functions and so freaking what does that mean anything, right? To me, that's the that's the lowest part of that maturity. Yep. To the other end of understanding, well, yeah, why do we as an organization exist? Who is our customer? How are we creating value for our customer, our stakeholders? Whether you're for-profit, not-for-profit, you have customers, you have stakeholders, you have people that it's important. Why are people making the decisions that they make? Well, I'm going to go back. Adding it, the word that is important there, Scott, is the adding value piece, right? The fact of the matter is, if an organization doesn't add value to someone, okay, to some group, to some whatever that thing is, the organization's not going to exist. And in that space, we have to go and do something that somebody wants, okay? And somebody is willing to pay for. Now, in a nonprofit, it means that donors are willing to put money into that particular organization. In a for-profit, it means that someone's going to trade their money for some kind of product or service or experience. And in the end, they still have to say, whatever the outcome of that organization is, it's valuable enough that I'm willing to take something that I have and give that to the organization in exchange. And I think sometimes it's like, well, I'm doing the work, right? That adds value. Not That's not how it necessarily works. It's, are you doing something that the organization and the customers of that organization find value in? And are you doing it in a time frame and in a quality way that makes them say, yes, that has value to me? And I think sometimes that's like missed. It's like, well, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, but is your job in comparison and inside of an organization somehow or another value, right? And, yeah. And it is a piece. It's, is it? <laughs> and what's hard is, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, oh, I've heard people say, well, people should just value. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Well, I think there's a reality. To me, it's not about valuing the human. I no. do expect people to value the individual and that and that human as a human being. Absolutely. Sure. To me, I think the value we're talking about is we all have we all have preferences that we value more when we think about, oh, I 
where do you want to go to dinner? What's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite meal? What's your favorite company? Where do you buy your clothes? All, all of those things, you're doing that because it has some value to you. What, even if it's a tiny value or a big value. And a value in comparison to something else that you've said no to. So just even put it inside of your relationships. None of us have time for all the friends and families in the world. And so when it comes to our extra kind of time that we spend, we decide who we're going to spend that time with. That discernment, I'm going to choose this person over that. I'm going to go see family instead of spending it with friends this weekend. All of that is a place that says, yep, I can look at something and I can actually prioritize my values in that space. And as an organization, if we are not doing something where people choose us, that organization doesn't last for very long. People have to say, I want that organization over all of my other choices. And you guys know there are hundreds and of thousands, millions of choices. If you want to buy a book, there are millions of books to choose from. You want to go work for a company, there are millions of companies to choose from. You want to buy white socks, <laughs> there are endless places where you can go and buy white socks. So in the end, it's how do you add value in a way so that people choose you? And that's true as an employee. I, they choose me out of all their people that they could choose for this position, for this work. It's also true as an external customer looking at the organization and choosing that particular organization and the people that work there. So, Tammy, what do you see as the most common um, statements or actions that people take that you would say, mm, they're not very organizationally mature? I love that question. Scott, I, it, we hear it all the time. It's um, what I'm going to call um, Monday morning quarterbacking on executive leadership decisions. So what happens is a decision is made at the at the top of the organization. It's communicated down through the organization. And we hear as it goes to the organization, people are saying, <laughs> That's stupid. Don't they know we should? Can you believe they made that decision? They are so such idiots. They are out of touch. And anytime I hear those kind of phrases with staff members, I, 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 I want to just ask a question. Do you really think that the people who, read, who lead this organization are idiots? And occasionally, maybe it's true. Okay. However, most of the organizations that we work with, we have a group of dedicated senior leaders who struggle with these decisions, who spend an awful lot of time thinking them through, trying to make the right decisions, and looking at all of the things that they're going to impact in making that decision. And <laughs> One of the things that took me a while to figure out how I was getting more organizationally mature is to me, it was like things were really black and white. The answer was obvious. But as I continued on my journey in terms of this continuum, Scott, that you were talking about, what I understood more and more and more is that hmm, I was not seeing all of the moving pieces. And 
I was not understanding the implication of all those moving pieces. And I was looking for a right, perfect answer. And one of the things that's really frustrating about organizational maturity is understanding a couple things. One, sometimes there is not a right, perfect answer. Okay. If it was that obvious, we would do it. Okay. But worse than that, sometimes I have to make a decision and I don't like any of my options. If I had my way, I would say no to all of them. But that may not be the situation that I find myself in, in in that moment. And I have to make a decision and make the best decision from a whole bunch of bad choices, things I would rather not have happen. And yet, because of the situation that the organization finds itself in, and because it's my job to have sustain, because it's my job to have the sustainability of the organization foremost in my mind, sometimes I have to make decisions I wish I didn't have to make. And that includes things like terminating folks who don't add value. It means sometimes downsizing in situations where I don't want to. I have staff and they've been wonderful. And if I don't make that decision, the organization is not going to be able to exist in the future. Sometimes it means saying no to a really good idea because there's something over here we have to do that might be legislative oriented or you know policy oriented that I wish I didn't have to do that, but I'm being forced into that. And the resources say I have to say yes to that instead of this really great idea that's over here. And that one's going to have to wait. All of those things are places where you're making a decision between a rock and a hard place. So when you think it's so simple and it's so clear, it usually means you don't have a big enough picture to be able to say, ah, I understand all of those inputs and those pressures so that I'm making a decision based upon full information. And to me, how about you? Well, I I think there's something to add here, and this is going to be like super inflammatory. So I will pre-warn the listeners. All right. It's like, hold on, I, folks. Scott's going to say something nasty. So you no, get to I, I, if you want to stay. I, I think there, there, is, there is a similarity here in life, right? Oh, you know, hey, they made this decision. It can't be that hard. Well, obviously, neither is being a single mother. Wow, Scott. Right? I mean, I, I could take that picture and, and right? How, how mature am I as a human? To say that, or oh gosh, I'm I'm so sorry, your wife passed away. It's probably easier to be a widower. Oh frick! <laughs> right? I mean, that to me, we're almost that. That's we're almost talking that it is that to me. It is that in your face when people say those things or think those things. Well, it's that piece that says, "I am making a judgment." And yet I don't have enough information to really understand what it's like to walk in those shoes and what all of the pressures are and the impacts of that, right? I'm making, and, I'm making the easy assumptions about that other person. And it, to me, it's, it's the lack of taking the time or the desire to understand. 
Well, to ask questions to understand. And ask questions. And, to understand. And, or even just assume that. They're an idiot. They're probably doing the best they can. And, the know, whole, and I'll tell you the whole thing about, yeah, I, yeah, I think they're an idiot. Huh. Interesting. And you still work here. What does that make you? That's actually what, you know, if you really do think that your bosses are making bad decisions, if you really think that your bosses are idiots and don't know, if you really think that they're completely out of touch, especially in today's market, my question is, why are you still working for them, right? So the piece about that, and and Scott, I'm going to go back to what you said before, and this happened to me years and years ago. I had um, a Black girlfriend. And she was explaining to me what it was like to go shopping at a major department store here in Iowa. And she talked about the fact that she got followed around. She got talked about the fact that people checked her bags. And I cocked my head and I looked at her and I'm like, why? And she was like, because I'm black, Tammy. And I was like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. And she was like, Tammy, this is what happens. You take it for granted because you are white. No one looks at you and says you're a thief. I live in Iowa. There are not very many black folks. And when I go places, they think I'm here to steal things. Now, I would have never thought that about her because I knew her, right? I knew her as an individual, not as an individual based upon what she looked like. And honestly, I could have looked at her and said, what is wrong with you? No one thinks that. But that's discounting her experience. And that's what's so ugly about what you were saying. When we discount somebody else's experience, we're saying what you think, what you feel, what you know is not true. And that thing that happens inside of organizations when we're constantly second guessing executive leadership, Instead of asking about their experiencing, excuse me, instead of asking about their experience, because if you ask them about their experience and you say, help me understand why you made that decision, what were the constraints, why it ended up in that spot, the only way you gain organizational maturity is to listen and to ask those questions and to seek to understand. And when you do, first of all, it's kind, right? But more importantly, it helps you to have now more data, more information, extended understanding so that you can make better decisions because you have a broader understanding of the context with which in you're making it. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box, and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.